All right, all right, all right. We have some big-time action this weekend in the USL and MLS. We'll get into all those details and, and talk about San Antonio FC making a big run over the past couple of weeks. Are they the favorites in the West? We'll talk about it. Also, we are days away from the U.S. Open Cup kicking off. We have a great guest, Coach Chris Benlove, head coach of the U23 squad at Oklahoma City Energy, also assistant coach with Energy FC. We'll have him on to give his thoughts on his U23 squad this year as they will travel up Turnpike on the 10th to play Tulsa Athletic. We are also days away, well, just five days away from the Tulsa Roughnecks playing some soccer again. I know it's been a long time, but they will be on the road at Colorado Springs Switchbacks on Friday. We'll talk about that game, and I'll give my thoughts on what the Roughnecks will have to do to be successful there. All right, you know, it's been a rainy week, so come on in, dry off. But here's the thing. You got to get away from those windows. You got to get the blankets, the pillows, because it is another episode of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Oh, man, it was raining all weekend here in Tulsa. I hope wherever you are, it was drier, but we're drying off. We're, we're, we're going on. It's, it's going to dry off. Got bright, sunny skies now. It's a good day. So we are moving on. We have a lot of soccer to discuss. I'll have Chris Spinlove on here a little bit later. He's the head coach of the Oklahoma City Energy U23 and give his thoughts on the next match, which will be actually our first match here in Tulsa, playing Tulsa Athletic. So we'll have him on, give his thoughts. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Open Cup is so close, folks. I can just – you can smell it. It's just here, right? It's great. I'm excited. Uh, we have, again, the way you can hear us is uh, bgn.fm, Beautiful Game Network. That is where you can find. You can also subscribe, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Just click on that website, and you can subscribe away. And I know some folks use – uh, podcast being different things. So I know there's uh, there are apps out there that you can subscribe if you don't use iTunes. So go around, click around. You can do that there on the bgn.fm website. And also have access to other great podcasts as well. But anyway, we'll go ahead and cruise on down. We had some MLS action this week. You know, I think, uh, you know, the team, there's a little bit of separation now. You're starting to see the teams that are, going to compete and you know uh, you start you start seeing the same kind of teams doing the same kind of things right getting big results on the road um, you know tying up matches it's you know th- that's the thing I think in MLS that you have to do well is win on the road get the results on the road you know maybe if it's a point here or you know getting three points on the road that's that's crucial that's crucial in this league. But here we have uh, a few matches. Uh, Toronto FC, who's very tough at home, winning against the Dynamo, who've seen to cool off a little bit, but they've ran into a few tough matches recently. So we'll, I'm expecting them to pull out of the funk and, and, and get back into the groove of things when they have some home matches, especially when they start playing home matches there in the middle of the summer in Houston. Always a tough place to play. A few matches here. Whitecaps 2-1 uh, over Montreal. 
NYCFC 3-2 over the crew. And that is actually a way victory there for NYCFC. So that's a good result there. Uh, FC Dallas tying at a draw there at home against Portland. Seems like Portland's kind of had their number recently. Uh, but anyway, get a point there at home. I expect Timbers, a team that a lot of folks, including myself, feel like a, a, a good favorite in the West. So there's a, a two teams going up against each other that are pretty evenly matched. Uh, Sporting Kansas City getting it done against uh, kind of a floundering uh, Real Salt Lake, 3-1 or 3-0 at home. Galaxy 0-0-0 draw with the uh, Philadelphia Union. That's not a good result for LA Galaxy. You want to win that match. Uh, a few other matches. Uh, Orlando's on their winning ways, 2-0 at home against Colorado. Red Bulls home getting it done against Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire seems to kind of ran into a little bit of lag here and over the past couple of weeks, not getting some results there. So, no, it's some way matches. that Those are always tough to win, of course, like I said. But anyway, crew, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Fire losing on the road to Red Bull New York, Minnesota, uh, with a home defeat to the hands of the San Jose Earthquakes. Look at that. Or Quakes. I don't know if they call them the Earthquakes anymore, but I'll call them whatever I feel like. It's my podcast. I'll do what I want. I do what I want. So, <laughs> okay. Bad impression, Raj. That's okay. One nil there in Minnesota. And Seattle. Uh, if you have a chance to watch any match for like 20 minutes, just turn on the Seattle Sounders match in the 74th minute, down 3 nil, and they come back score three goals to tie against, to get the draw against New England Revolution at home. You have to watch that. You'll have to be excited. And uh, <laughs> my buddy Danny, he's a big fan of the uh, Atlanta United. They will be playing. They haven't played yet. They're playing D.C. United today at 2 o'clock. That'll be a good game. Be interested in that one. So anyway, uh, other matches that happened. Uh, Arsenal still a big, fat disappointment. 2-0 at on the road at White Hart Lane. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, what? that's all you can say. We're headed for the Europa Cup. I don't even know what the Europa Cup is, really. I mean, you play a bunch of teams, and it seems like I have to always look up, well, who is this team? Dynamo, Drieg, what? The the Green Apples, who, who are they? It seems like I always have, I don't know if there's a team called the Green Apples, but it always seems like these really obscure teams that play in like Romania and uh, Armenia and, and these kind of, you know, countries that you don't pay a lot of attention to and they play in these little snake pity type um, type facilities or type stadiums and you're making a midweek trip, Thursday night match, and then turning around, have to play a, a game on Sunday or playing an EPL match on Saturday. It's It's pretty tough. A lot of teams don't even take it that serious and they don't put a team out there. But if you do win Europa Cup, you do get all automatic qualification for the um, Champions League. So, yeah, I think there's a, a lot to be, a lot to play for. But, you know, is it really worth making those long trips during the middle of the week? I don't know. We'll see. I, I will keep up with it because it's, it's soccer and I like soccer. So we'll, we'll keep up with it. Um, Still not anticipating any big changes in the offseason, though. But we'll see. Um, anyway, so moving on from the sad, sad EPL as a sad Arsenal fan, hashtag sad Arsenal fan, we're going to move on to happier things. So I have 
got a chance to talk with uh, Coach Chris Spinlove of the U23s, the head coach there. Uh, lots of roots here in Oklahoma City, played OC uh, or Oklahoma City University. I think he even played with the PDL team there at OC or the Oklahoma City FC. I believe that's right. I think that's what he told me. Uh, so they're longtime assistant with the uh, Energy FC. He is on here to talk U23 squad. And right now, just to kind of give you guys a precursor here, they're not, they haven't announced a lot of their players. So, and I wanted to make sure I had a chance to, uh, to interview before we got into next week, which we'll have hopefully someone on from Tulsa Athletic and, um, and maybe another couple of guests. And the next week's going to be a really packed show. So I wanted to make sure we had a chance to uh, get them on before, you know, we have too long of an episode. So I had them on. Uh, so fortunately, we don't have a lot of the players uh, released yet, but and we couldn't talk about them. So, you know, there's a lot of questions. You know, I asked a question about, you know, if they look back on the old match, which Energy played um, Tulsa Athletic, so some of you might be going, what the heck? That was a weird question. Uh, reason why is because that's the only match that they've played each other. That's the only time they've played each other. So I was just like curious if they would actually look back on something that old and 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 take a look at that match. But anyway, you can hear his answer here. And uh, he'll have a lot to discuss there about the U23 squad. All right, folks, I have a great guest on, uh, Chris Benlove. He is the uh, head coach of the Energy U23 squad, as well as assistant coach for Oklahoma City Energy FC. And actually, he's uh, uh, talking to me right now from the airport as they are on their way down to Edinburgh, Texas, to play uh, Rio Grande Valley FC. Uh, Chris, how's it going today, man? It's going well. We're just there. We've just done our first flight. We're in Houston Airport now, ready to catch our connection down to McAllen. So I'm glad we were able to connect now because... Through past experience, we don't have the best reception down there near the uh -huh. Mexican border. Yeah, yeah, it gets a little dicey down there for sure. Uh, now, what uh, I know the energy, we'll, we'll talk just uh, with Energy FC just for a moment here. Uh, obviously, kind of started off the slow start, but had that huge win against uh, Sacramento at home with uh, that wonder goal uh, from Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, do you feel like this team is starting to kind of gel and 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 get? And do you think uh, this team is just going to start running into some uh, really good results here uh, pretty soon? Yeah, you would like to think so. It's uh, I think it's fair to say we had a we had a difficult open and few games to the to the season. We knew looking at it when the schedule got released earlier in the year that it was a uh, it was going to be a tough start, mm -hmm. and it was exactly what we was. But as you said, the, the Sacramento was a big one. And then, obviously, we had a couple of weeks off. So, it's always nice when you get a win to keep the momentum going. But the way the schedule fell, we had a, we had a couple of bye weekends. So, we, we got a, an exhibition game in against a college team and we're back on the road again this weekend. So, the plan to get another three points and start climbing the league table. Yeah, and uh, for those of here in Tulsa may have been at that match, it was against uh, TU uh, here in Tulsa. And it looks like, uh, and kind of switching gears here, you will be making another return trip to TU with the uh, Energy U23 squad. Uh, are, you, are you kind of like me and, and you feel like those uh, U.S. Open Cup games should be pushed to, to maybe June to give your, give your team some time to jail? Or do you like to just kind of get those in the beginning of the season and uh, get those, I don't know, kind of behind you and focus on the regular season? No, it's, a, it's certainly not ideal. Mm -hmm. I mean... The, the NCAA rules and regulations say that 
they can't leave the colleges, can't officially release players to play to May the 6th. So mm-hmm. guys have finals, guys are flying in right up until game day. I actually have a kid coming in from UNLV who's not getting into the morning of the game because he has mm-hmm. finals the day before. So it is what it is. We just got to get the squad on, on, the, on the training field for those couple of days before it and just, just prepare and, and organise as, as best as we can. But there's no excuses. I'm sure the athletics are in the, in the same situation. Sure. So we just got to get out there and, and try and get results and see if we can put ourselves in the half of the next round. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and so far, I've, I've seen a few uh, players released to the media, you know, the names of some players. Are you looking at getting a lot of returners from last season or are you anticipating more of a fresh squad for the 2017 campaign? The, we, we brought five back from last season. Obviously, we had a, a really good, good year mm-hmm. last year and went deep into the playoffs, but at the at the end of the day, when we sat down as a staff and we we identified who's got a who's, who who we think's got a chance of of potentially progressing to our first team, we we narrowed that down, and I think it will be realistic to bring a lot of those guys back because a lot of them wanted to come back, and mm-hmm. we won a lot of games. So naturally, you think why would you not bring most of the squad back and just make one or two changes? But let's not forget it's a it's a development league as as much sure. as we all like winning, and we need to bring in a a new batch of guys for the most part and get, to, get some get the opportunity to work with these guys for three months over the summer and, and see a whole new bunch of players. So I'm excited. we got a good group coming in and it's, uh, it's going to be a good summer. Yeah. Now, do you guys, I, I'm, 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 familiar, I'm unfamiliar, so I apologize for not knowing this ahead of time, but do you guys, for the U23 squad, do they practice with the uh, the I guess the parent club, do y'all do same practices or do y'all break off and you go to Norman and, and practice or, or is it all just kind of one combined effort? No, th- that was a one-off that we played in Norman last year. We've moved our games up to the University of Central Oklahoma in, in Edmond. So it's okay. a little bit home in regards to, to practices. Uh, we are close to being at the new training facility, which has got field side by side. So, that was the initial plan to have uh, to have the practices right by each other at the same mm-hmm. time. We're a little bit behind on the on the unveiling and being officially allowed on the on the new training ground. So we, we'll do them separate. But what what we what we make care, what we take care of and make sure it's important is that the these players are getting the opportunity to train with the first team. So we'll sit mm-hmm. down as a as a staff and, and we'll say which guys do we need to have a look at this week and which guys do we need to have a look at that week and we'll integrate them into into the into the first team practices. So that's large, largely lies on me. I'll, I'll feed back to the rest of the first team staff and say, look, mm-hmm. I think it's it's good that we get these particular players in with the first team this week and have a good look at them around the, these next level guys and see if they can they can hang in there. And it's, it's on the player then, it's on these young players to, to sink or swim. So the, the Energy FC, you know, obviously the USL team, is it, are you all allowed to play some of the U23 squad with the energy uh or or can no, you or are you no, not allowed to do that no we're not it's the second the, the second that happens it, not only does it jeopardize the players college eligibility it also jeopardizes all, all the teammates we're allowed to within the rules we're allowed to bring them in and train and and you can train with the first team and everything right. but if they pull on a jersey and go into a competitive game with the first team it's the the, the eligibility is auto it, Okay. automatically out the window yeah okay i got you okay all right i was i was i had a couple of people ask me that and i was like well i'll ask to make just to double check so that's good to know um and then also with the pdl you have uh, you know in the past you had springfield and you had to go to albuquerque uh 
But now it looks like uh, you may have some teams a little bit closer to home to play. There's been quite a few uh, Texas-based teams that are now in your in your conference. Uh, is that something that you're going to enjoy playing uh, some teams that are a little bit closer to home? Or is yeah. it is it going to be more travel for you guys? No, absolutely. When I when I seen the teams got released, it was definitely definitely exciting for me. But I didn't travel to, as you said, Albuquerque and and some of these Midland down in Texas. Uh, there's there's three or four teams that have joined the from the from the Dallas area. So that's mm-hmm. that's a, a short day trip for us rather than take rather than being a two or three day trip. So sure. it certainly it certainly benefits us. I think Mississippi is still in the conference, so that'll be our long road trip to to Mississippi and then we'll have to go to Houston at some point but to, to have to have uh, three teams out of, out of the Dallas area join us is something I'm happy about oh yeah it's made less trips to Albuquerque and you know only two three hours away there in Oklahoma City to get down to the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex so that's a that's always a good trip there and maybe even get a little training session with uh, FC Dallas maybe if uh, <laughs> if so inclined well, I guess. we have a good relationship with those guys so I'm sure if we if we reached out and needed a, a session or anything at their complex they they wouldn't have an issue with it so we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge with the schedule and everything sure. over the next over the next few weeks and sorry over the next week or so and figure out exactly what we're going to do leading up to to those games in Dallas yeah and then just coming back to the Open Cup now. What uh, I know, you're, you've, I know years ago, uh, Oklahoma City Energy, the parent club, played uh, Tulsa Athletic in, uh, in I believe, that was 2015. If I'm 14 or I can't remember what year. I think it was 14. Do you, Do you remember much from the, that encounter, or uh, do you feel like that was that was so long ago that this will be a fresh team, or do you think that there will be some? maybe some scouting uh, notes that you took from back then that would be transferable to the team uh, today? No, that, that was too long ago. And, and the thing is, with with with, um, with the Tulsa team, I would imagine they'll have a few local guys, a couple of older local guys who were done with college, who were coaching in the local clubs, CSC, Hurricane, Blitz, that have, have still got the legs to be able to compete at a decent level. And then they'll... I know they, they had a good year last year in the MPSL, and I know they're, they're busy on the recruiting trail, and... They'll have a, I have no doubt they'll have a strong squad. But going back to your question about the games a couple of years ago, I don't think that makes any sort of sense to go mm-hmm. off. And to go off, and in all honesty, uh, the only thing I remember from that game is them playing at some old, old school baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That have been converted into a, into a soccer field, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Old drillers. Now there'll be. I guess that this new match will be played at a TU, or you guys were a couple or last weekend. So, will, will they play the regular season games at the Driller Stadium, or are they playing all their games at TU? Oh no, no, they, they they've moved on to uh, La Fortune Park. Uh, they've they've converted that uh, the Driller Stadium to a uh, I guess a BMX park or, or something of that nature. So they've had to move on to playing in a, a stadium. Uh, I think uh, Tulsa Memorial Stadium. It's it's there, kind of in Midtown. So they've they've moved uh, locations. No, they don't play their matches at TU. I think it's just a one-off for uh, for the Open Cup. So, and I know even if, if that match, I think the Roughnecks are also playing it at TU. So it's all the matches will be at TU. So I think it was maybe just a good neutral location for everybody. I, I'm not really sure. But I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't explored that. I've. I've I haven't. Even, I don't know why I didn't ask that question. I've talked to all the GMs. I just haven't had a chance to ask that question yet. So that's a good question. Um, but so are you? Um, 
Are you, are you, I know you did a lot of recruiting, uh, getting a lot of these players in. Are you, are you ready to get the, the U23 squad going? Yeah, of course I am. I mean, uh, it's, 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 things are about to get a whole lot crazier than what they are now. Obviously my roles and responsibilities with the first team keeps mm. me busy and I'm, I'm hands on and, and active with them on a daily basis. But once all these, these kids come in from, from all over, all over the country, it's, it's all systems go then it's it's taken on a, a whole nother role if you like but it, it, sure. it's fun it's uh it's different it gives me an opportunity to to be in a to be in a hot seat and see a different side of coaching so mm-hmm. i'm excited i'm i know it's going to be a busy summer and it's going to be hectic but I'm, I'm i'm embracing it and i'm ready for the challenge and hopefully we can I believe I put a good squad together. We just need to get them all in and get them gelling and get them out there on the on the field and see if we can go a couple of steps further than, than we did last year and um, win a championship. Yeah, right right there in the mix of it last year. And like you said earlier, made the playoffs. And uh, I fully expect you guys to be right there in the mix this year for sure. Uh, now, your first uh, home match is on the 20th of March. Or I'm sorry, the 20th of May. Is that correct? No, it's the May 13th. It's a couple of days after that, the Open Cup game against the Athletics. So it'll be a quick turnaround. It's a, it's a home game which in Oklahoma City, which is good. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. now you guys are a little bit lucky since uh, I think the parent club can may have to go to California for their first ma- or for their first Open Cup match, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't ask me about that one. We have <laughs> we are lost for answers on, on what, the situ- <laughs> what the situation is there, but it looks like it's it's going to be a West Coast adventure uh, to win, which we anticipate they will. We don't know, but we. From what we know, we anticipate they'll win, and it'll be a trip on the road to the first team to Ventura to play against the PDL team. So I don't know. I don't know the what goes behind it, what goes on behind the scenes. It's a, uh, it's it's certainly not ideal for the first team being mm-hmm. bang in the middle of the week between two between two USL games. But it's it's the cup, and you've got to you've you've, you've got to get yourself ready and prepare yourself as best possible, and and get over to to the West Coast and, and pick up a win. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, Chris, I'll go. I'll cut you loose here and let you get back to uh, deboarding and everything there in uh, Houston. So, um, uh, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, and best of luck down there in South Texas and and up here in Tulsa for the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, and uh, we'll see you in Tulsa in a couple of weeks' time. All right, sounds great, Chris. Thank you. Take care, mate. Bye. All right. Thanks again, Chris. Uh, Coach Chris Spinlove there with Energy U23 head coach and assistant coach for Energy FC. Um, Now it is Sunday, and unfortunately, Oklahoma City uh, did not fare very well down in Rio Grande. 3-0 result there at Edinburgh, Texas. You know, just because Tulsa's had success against Rio Grande, you know, they're they're still – a good team and, and can turn have have the ability to turn it on and score some goals. They're very quick and very athletic. And unfortunately for Oklahoma City, they were the victims of some of that athleticism and quickness. 3-0 there, and that'll obviously affect Oklahoma City standings there uh, as the season progresses. But anyway, yeah, we had lots of other. We can go ahead and start talking about the other USL action. And I posted this question this morning, uh, the day of my recording here. San Antonio FC. Let's talk about them. Uh, made a big, big road trip 
uh, made the Pacific Northwest road trip. So folks not familiar, there's three teams in the USL that does a really good job or, or they try to do a good job of sending teams that aren't in a region when they send them to a region allow them to play two or three matches in that area just to save them some travel costs. You know, it, you know, a lot of these teams have to fly to the Pacific Northwest, if you're, especially if you're in the central time zone. So what happened was San Antonio had to play Vancouver, Seattle, Sounders 2, and Timbers 2. And, and they usually do it in about a 10-game span. And San Antonio went up to the Pacific Northwest played all three of the teams, and came away with nine points. Pretty impressive. You know, a lot of, a lot of folks, and maybe including myself, you know, I asked the question, you know, hey, does this make them the clear-cut favorite to go up there, take care of business on the road, and to um, come away with those points? You know, some folks uh, are a little more skeptical and say, hey, uh, well, you know, those, those, aren't, those don't really represent the best teams in the West, but at the same time, if you go anywhere on the road in the USL, it doesn't matter if you're playing the bottom three teams or top three teams, it's tough to get wins on the road. You're, you're not sleeping in your own bed. You're, you're, you're out of your routine. You're, you're playing. You're in, you're in a foreign area you're not familiar with, and you're not playing on your own pitch. You're not practicing on your own practice facilities or in your practice facilities. So, you know, if you're a creature of habit like <clears throat> most humans are, it gets it disrupts what you're doing, and to me, I think it's impressive that San Antonio went up there, got nine points on the road playing Whitecaps, Timbers, and Seattle Sounders too. So, uh, does it does it make them the clear cut favorite? We'll see. Rio, uh, the Monarchs are just right behind them, and the Monarchs have a match in hand. Uh, so, you know, again, it's it'll just depend on you know how the how the cards play, so to speak, but they took care of business. Speaking of the Monarchs, beat Swope Park 2-1 at home. Uh, Nick, Be- Nick, Nick Bessler, Beesler, I guess that's how you say his last name. You know, he's done a pretty good job there. Their Monarchs are, are a good team. Uh, they have a lot of players that are, have had USL experience, like I've mentioned in the past. You know, they've kind of, they kind of remind me a little bit of Swope Park, what Swope Park did last year you know, kind of building a team. Uh, no, not really, you know, a little mix of academy players and, and some players that uh, that they've, uh, you know, built up through the, through the program and also getting some USL veterans and bringing in some folks that, uh, you know, have played in, in the league before. But I was just looking at the possession. This is interesting. Real Monarchs only had 34% possession. And won the match two nil, two ones, and it seems like Swope Park, you know, that's that's kind of their game plan. They they take a lot of possession, you know, they uh, eat up a lot of clock while they have the ball, and I think that that helps uh, keep you know keep teams at bay, so to speak. But Monarchs get it done two one, so good job to them. And we'll go through and thumb through a few other matches, and like I said earlier. San Antonio took care of business, uh, 3-2 on the road at Seattle Sounders 2, and then 4-0 at Portland Timbers 2. <sighs> Still have no idea how Timbers 2 beat Sacramento Republic. Uh, somebody have to explain that one to me. But anyway, so a few other matches. 
notable matches. Uh, Rochester gets it done against Charlotte Independence 4 0. Big result there. The old River Hounds. Hoo, hoo. That's right. That's the River Hounds sound. I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. <laughs> uh, they get it done against the City Islanders 1 0. Oh, and SC Cincinnati drops a match to the Bethlehem Steel. 1 0 is the result there. Uh, no biting incidents that I'm aware, I'm aware of in that match. Um, so, good stuff. Tampa Bay 1-0 over the uh, Rochester Kickers. Or, I'm sorry, the Richmond Kickers. And then Colorado Springs drops a home match against the Sounders, too, uh, losing 2-3. to three. And I posted a picture. It got a ton of snow in Colorado this weekend. And they, had to, they were asking for folks to come out and – Help them shovel snow and get a free ticket. Hey, that's yeah, get some free free help. Get them a game ticket. That works out, right? I like that. So anyway, so moving on to next week, and let's go ahead and talk about next week right now. And actually, before we talk about next week, let's go ahead and do some standings here. Let's just kind of. See where everybody sets at this point. Uh, right now in the East, uh, Charleston Battery is ahead 13 points through six matches. Tampa Bay behind 13 points with seven matches. Game in hand for Charleston. So we still see there's not anyone <clears throat> in, in the East right now really separating themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, it seems like it's pretty tight. I mean, the league leader is setting up 13 points while the team at the bottom uh, setting at five points, but you know, Charlotte and Ottawa, they're at five points, but they all have a game in hand. So it, those gaps can can uh, can be covered pretty quickly. So no, to me, no one's really out of this. You know, some teams not playing very well, but, you know, it's still early. I mean, only six, five, six, seven games in in the East. So it should be pretty tight there in the East. And the West is a little bit different. You know, like I said earlier, San Antonio FC, seven matches, 19 points through seven matches. So they're, I wouldn't say they're the leader in the clubhouse at this point, but they're the ones that are, you know, making the most noise and that have the most points. And then you have the Monarchs with a game in hand, but they have 15. And then Sacramento Republic, 10 points through seven. Rio Grande Valley is there in fourth place, uh, tied with Swope Park and Colorado Springs switchbacks, all with nine points. And actually Sounders, too, have nine points but the Swope Park Rangers only have five, five matches. So they have a couple matches in hand. I imagine they'll move up the standings. Uh, but if I've ran into a little bit of a, a bad streak here, losing at Arizona United, or, at, wow, Phoenix Rising and uh, the Monarchs. So uh, dropping two matches there, uh, both on the road. And then uh, we have... Tulsa right now, only four matches, so it's six six points through four matches, so nothing to panic about at all uh, at this point. Like I said, no one's really no one's really out of it. The only two teams that I would say probably need to get it together here pretty quick would be Portland Timbers 2. They only have three points through seven matches. And then Reno FC, who've you know been a little bit of a surprise that they've struggled this far in the season, but they've only played five matches. They're a brand new club, brand new, um, a brand new expansion team. So I imagine that as they play some more favorable opponents, that they will get some more points on the board. 
So anyway, next match for the Roughnecks, the Mighty Mighty Roughnecks will be at Colorado Springs Switchbacks on Friday. That is an 8 p.m. Central kickoff. Uh, this is a maybe a little payback here, right? This is the match, if you remember last time, on the field. So we have to take this on the field. And it's really the only thing we can really uh, compare this to. It was the last time these two teams played each other, Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Uh, got beat in Tulsa. 4-1 was the result on the pitch. Of course, we know what happened with the uh, the forfeit, uh, the illegal player coming in, whatever. So standings-wise, yeah, it's a win for Colorado Springs switchbacks, but I don't think anyone's going to forget what happened on the field. So, you know, really the thing is for the Roughnecks, it's another match. I'm sure it'll be a bus trip to up to the um, – uh, up to Colorado Springs, which is a it's a little bit of a trip. It's a, a long trip, and I'm not sure if there's a lot of places you can really stop in between. You know, like Coach Vaudreuil mentioned last time and on the Pop and Vod show, they had a chance to stop along the way, get their legs stretched out. I, I don't know if you have that. I don't know if you can stop in Lyman, Colorado, and stretch your legs out or, you know, or Pueblo or wherever you're going in between here and there. There's not a lot of places. It's Trust me, I've been skiing a lot. I've made that road trip up the Colorado mountains, and there's not much in between here and there. I can promise you that. But anyway, uh, you know, the team, uh, you know, with uh, the things that I want to see and I think will be key for the Roughnecks to get the victory is to, number one, withstand some of the counterattacks that Colorado Springs can can uh, can bring to the table. I'm not sure if they'll be more of a attack-minded team. I haven't watched a lot of Colorado at home, but I'm just from what I remember in the first match, you know, they seem like they kind of will, will will withstand the attacks and then and then they'll kick it up forward and and maybe that was just them out of their game plan in the first match because um because the uh, the Roughnecks were so attack minded in that first match, so we'll see if it you know playing at elevation, you know will the Roughnecks have the legs? Is always a concern for any team playing up in Colorado Springs. You know, right now they don't look to be the old Colorado Springs where you know they'll run you to death and get you tired and then chip in a couple of goals and set on the lead. I, I don't see them being that way. But again, this is the USL. You can kind of throw out any sort of preconceived notions of what a team will do because anyone can step up in any night. These teams are all pretty evenly balanced for the most part. So uh, I'll be interested to see how Colorado Springs starts the match. If they come out and attack minded, if they're trying to, if they'll try to wear down um, uh, the Roughnecks in that way. I imagine Coach Vaud will, will continue to put people up, put people in the box, try to get some um, some orange jerseys in the box to convert any sort of crosses that come in. And that's the thing I really want to see too also is to see these crosses that Juan Pablo Caffa puts together and and thread those through the defenders and, and see if we can get either Svontessen or um, uh, Christian Mata on the other end of those uh, crosses or, or maybe, um, you know, Corrales coming up from the from the fullback position. And, oh, actually, you know what? I have to mention this. He will be out the next game. So he will not be a recipient of those crosses. I just now remembered that. Uh, retroactively, uh, the USL came back. 
reviewed a tackle that he had in the Rio Grande match, decided it probably should have been a red card. So you can do that in this league. They, they can review these yellow cards and, and decide, oh, you know what, that should have been a red card. So Corrales is out for this match, which will be a big loss for the Roughnecks. Um, I imagine Kamura will stay on that right backside, but I'll be interested to see if they put maybe Bradley Bourgeois or you know, maybe they move Jadama over on the, on the fullback side or maybe move someone like Brady Ballou uh, to fill that gap there or, um, you know, just kind of interested to see who they'll put in that left-back position for the match because you want to have somebody who has a little bit of pace. You, you want to make sure that you can have that scoring threat on the fullbacks as they come up and play a little bit of offense. I know they're <clears throat> supposed to be more of a defensive-minded position, but – you know, uh, this the way the Roughnecks play. They they like to pull those forwards up or the the uh, fullbacks up to be a scoring threat, especially Corrales. So we'll see how that pans out and how uh, the Roughnecks adjust adjust to that. You know, really not the best news that you can get. And man, it seems like you know, despite everything going on, you know, with some bad news and. You know, this team seems to be real resilient and, <laughs> you know, you like to see that. It's like, you know what, we can only control what we can control. And, uh, and I enjoy seeing that the team trying to, you know, not, hey, just don't worry about it, let's keep going. You know, we've got a job to do. And it doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't expect this team to, to uh, be in a lot of trouble. I, I feel, I figured they will, they'll, they'll practice this week. They know who will be playing that left fullback position and it, it gives them a few days to to get the team together and and get everybody on the same page. So it's it's not the worst thing in the world, but not ideal either. Uh, the the person that I'll be interested to see if uh, the Roughnecks can contain, you know, we've got uh, Ken Von Freider and uh, Shane Malcolm who Shane Malcolm's playing pretty well this year and and had a really nice equalizer against um I believe that was Reno on the road kind of spoiled it for Reno as they were, you know, on their way to what I thought would have been, a, you know, a victory at home. And in the dying minutes of the match, Shane Malcolm comes out of nowhere, scores a goal. You know, he's a very, uh, he's a, he's one of those guys you can't keep your, you have to make sure he's marked at all times. Make sure you know where Shane Malcolm is on the pitch. Um, and you just have to know where he's at because he will he will sneak in the chicken coop and score a goal. So anyway, uh, you know, Colorado Springs obviously disappointed in their last match, gave up a little bit of a lead there against uh, against the Sounders too. Uh, Ibalsi, he had he will send off in the seven, 18th minute, so he won't be available. He's a defender for the switchbacks, will not be available for the match. And then they, yeah, just one of those, you know, unfortunate uh, circumstances there. They had, I believe they had the lead. Yep, got, got the lead, 40th minute. Or actually, they tied it up in the 40th minute. And then, yeah, and then the 51st, 54th minute, Chicum from uh, Chinkum for uh, uh, the Sounders 2 had two goals there, pretty back-to-back. And then they had a consolation goal uh, 
Burt had a had a goal there for Colorado Springs switchback. So, you know, they'll be looking for some points, get it, get some points at home. So this will not be an easy match by any stretch of imagination. You don't worry about the 4-1. It's different when you're playing on the road. So I'll be very interested to see this match. It'll be very good for the Roughnecks. Get some more road. Get, you know, this seems like it's been forever since they've played a match. These, they had a road match against RGV, another off week, and now playing another match on Friday. And then, actually, the Roughnecks will be back at home, finally, uh, next Thursday against the Vancouver Whitecaps, too. And then on Saturday against OCSC, Orange County SC. And I'm going to be very interested in those two matches here at home. So anyway, that kind of the rounding up, rounding down, USL. And then also we are two weeks away from, well, 10 days, I guess, from the Open Cup. We are two weeks away from NPSL, PDL opening their seasons up. Man, it's going to be a lot of soccer. The month of May is going to be busy. We have a lot to talk about. I'm excited, and I hope you are too. I hope you can get in front of some of these matches, cheer on some of these teams. It's all good soccer, fellas and ladies. Uh, next week, just a couple of other matches that are going on. Orange County playing LA Galaxy 2 on Saturday. Oh, let's see. Swope Park home against the Vancouver Whitecaps 2. Sounders 2 hosting Portland Timbers 2. And let's see, just thumbing through here. Um, Richmond, Richmond hosting Cincinnati. And let's see here. Uh, oh, here's a good match. San Antonio FC hosting Sacramento Republic. So a lot of these people said, hey, we'll, we'll see where San Antonio stacks, to see how they play their cards against somebody like Sacramento, Tulsa, Oklahoma City. So we'll, there they are. I mean, they'll, have, they'll have a good test against Sacramento on Saturday. And then Phoenix Rising with the late match home against Reno, 1868 FC. And so we will have that those matches, and we'll talk next week, more Open Cup. We'll see if we can get some folks on from Tulsa Athletic. Um, I'm trying to think who else we have going on, what else we have going on next couple of weeks. So we'll have some some uh, NPSL, some Tulsa Athletic, hopefully get maybe Matt, maybe get um, either someone with the comp, the group. Well, I, I can – don't know who. We'll work on it this week. We'll have somebody come preview the season and preview the match against the U23 squad, against the uh, U23 squad of Oklahoma City Energy. But, yeah, that's good. And then we'll have more because, yeah, we'll, we'll have lots of discussions on the Open Cup because then we'll have the second round pairings, which we'll know the, how the, what teams the USL, um, the USL League teams will be playing by that point. And then we should also have a drawing. I think Thursday they did a drawing for the third and I believe maybe third and fourth round. I'm not sure if they do the fourth round as well because usually they have the they've in the past have had the MLS teams come in in the following round. And then we kind of find out, okay, who, what team are you going to be playing if you win? But I believe there's another there, – there will be another round of drawings, and I'll just be curious if they'll have the third and fourth round. I just don't know off the top of my head if that's how that will work. But we'll, we'll know uh, next week the third round pairings uh, for sure. 
So lots going on, guys and gals. This is exciting time if you're a fan of low league soccer like myself. But anyway, we are going to cut it off today, right now, as I've given you enough. And, you know, the things I want to also say and maybe just something to think about is who are what teams or, well, what teams are you expecting out of the first round that are playing, so NPSL, PDL, and amateur, that you're expecting to make a big run during the Cup. A big run meaning when the first and second round matches make it to the third round. What team from the first round are you expecting to see in the third round? I want to hear from you. Tell me about it. Why is your team going to make it to the third round? And these, these will be semi not semi-well, NPSL, PDL, and amateur league teams. So no one from the – I don't want you to think, oh, I think San Antonio FC is going to win their first – well, okay, they're expected to. But So it is. this can't be any professional league teams that you're talking about. It's got to be the amateur teams. Who are they? Let me know, and we'll discuss next week for the Open Cup edition of the podcast. All right, so uh, shout-out to the beautiful game network, bgn.fm. That's where you can find the podcast. Go there. There's some great other great podcasts. There's lots lots of content there. Give them a shout out. Check it out. Give them a couple clicks. Appreciate it. Uh, again, folks, thank you so much for your time, for letting me be part of your podcast repertoire. I know you have a lot of options out there, and there's a lot of great podcasts, and I greatly and humbly appreciate it. All right. Well, that will wrap it up this week. Thanks again, Mike Mitchell on behind the scenes, helping me with the production. Love you guys. God bless you. Have a good one.